Amen. Right, so it's the new year, and um, like I said, Happy New Year to everyone. Um, and right now, you probably find churches around this country and around the world um, will be preaching sermons about, you know, New Year's resolutions, maybe new starts. Um, and they might be talking about, you know, looking forward, not looking behind now, you know, keep going and keep, you know, pressing forward and realise your goals and all that sort of stuff. And look, there'll be some good sermons out there and there'll be some good motivational sermons out there. And, but this is going to be a slightly different sermon. Um, turn to Philippians 3 and keep your finger, though, there in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because, look, we, you know, we, we want to we press forward and we want to... F- you know, forget certain things, and we don't want to be looking behind. And, and look, a lot of these sermons will use verses like Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, which reads, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And of course, we don't want to dwell on the past, do we? Okay, we don't want to dwell on the past. We want to push on. We want to focus on our goals. And look, realising those goals, though, it can actually be very helpful to remember the past, okay? We don't want to just, just wipe the slate, that's it. Everything that's gone on before is forgotten now. Well, no, it, it can be helpful remembering the past. And when Paul said here, forgetting those things which are behind, he's saying he doesn't just dwell on past achievements, okay? He says in verse 14 then, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So he's striving to achieve more for God, and so should we, shouldn't we? We should all be striving to achieve more for God, and there's nothing wrong with New Year being a good, good time to start thinking about that and start focusing on that and focus on what we're looking to achieve this year. And, and there's a constant theme, though, in the Bible of God's people being reminded of the past to achieve then going forward. And the title of my sermon today is Don't Forget Where You Came From. Don't Forget Where You Came From. Let's um, just have a quick word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this great church. I thank you for another year that we're able to to work for you. I pray that you'll just give everyone here open open ears to hear what you've got to say to them, open hearts to take in what you say and apply it to their lives. And and just to fill me with your spirit, please, to help me to be bold and preach accurately and preach the truth here and just preach according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray all of this. Amen. Amen. Okay, so back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Don't forget where you came from. In verse 1, Deuteronomy 8.1 reads, All the commandments which I command you this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Now, the children of Israel here are on the brink of entering the promised land. They're looking forward right now to focusing on what's to come. Now, maybe their resolutions will be here to observe, to do all of God's commandments, to focus on their particular weak areas. And, and that's a good thing to do, isn't it? To focus on our weak. We all have different weak areas. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what your New Year resolution has to be. Look, we, we should all be thinking about things. And we should obviously be making resolutions regularly, not just at New Year's. But nothing wrong with that tradition, is there? Yeah, working on things that everyone here has to work on, focusing on sins, focusing on ways to get right with God. But if you're not w- aware of your sins, how can you repent of your sins? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with repenting of your sins, is there? It's got nothing to do with salvation, though. But there's nothing wrong with our daily walk as Christians trying to repent of our sins. But you need to know what your sins are, don't you? Okay, and how do you know what your sins are and work on what you've got to repent of if you're just, that's it, new slate, never think about whatever, what's happened before. 
Verse 2 says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and approve thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. So Moses is saying here, don't forget the hard times. Don't forget the tests. Don't forget the wilderness. And look, as a church, I think we could all, we could all do with being reminded of where we came from. Reminded of that spiritual wilderness that pretty much everyone here has been in, haven't they? Amen. Because up until this time last year, up until exactly the 2nd of January last year, saved people here were in either dead Baptist churches, and I do mean dead Baptist churches, that, that were preaching a range of false doctrine. Maybe it wasn't quite damnable heresy, but it was, it was close to it a lot of the time, wasn't it? And a lot of heresies, and, and pretty much everyone here has sat through that sort of rubbish. False prophet Baptist churches. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone here, or a lot of people here, have sat through churches where that so-called Baptist church, which claims its grace through faith, starts preaching that you've got to repent of your sins to be saved. You've got to live the life. You've got to do whatever it is to be saved. And, and look... I, if you're sitting here thinking, well, you, you know, brother Ian, you maybe had a couple of bad experiences. That's a good look. I, I've, I counted this up last night when I was writing this. And I was thinking, I've actually been to nine Baptist churches in this country with a view to being a part of that church. Nine different Baptist churches in this country. And of those, I would say uh, probably about half were false prophets and the other half were dead. Um, maybe slightly more than that. And one evangelical church as well. So that, and, and that I've been a part of, or at least visited with a view to being a part of. I mean, one, I actually didn't stay for the service. I walked straight back out. But the rest of them, and some I've been a part of for a while. And, and so I'm not just, just coming out with it. Well, yeah, there's a bad look. And then since then, I started then to get good at, at just looking on statements of faith. And as I grew as a Christian, I started to learn more and more. Self-ordained Baptist churches people here have been part of, sadly. You know, and, and uh, again, I'm not going to be shy to say, oh, it's going to really upset people. Look, they know. If they're here, they know. There was a self-ordained Baptist church, maybe more. Charismatic or Pentecostal false churches people here were part of. Okay, I'm talking about the spiritual wilderness. Don't forget where you came from. There were people part of those sort of things. C of E false churches. Yeah, people here have been part of. Okay, and I'm talking as safe Christians. There are safe, and, and look, because we know, don't we? People here know that you were saved, but you were in a church which was a false church. Okay, it does happen, doesn't it? Okay, amen that you're here, but there are people in false churches. Home false churches. Maybe there were some here that, that tried to make a home church and just, well, we're a home church because we meet up. It's a false church. It ain't a church. Okay, and for whatever reasons they might be. No church. There are people here that came here on the 2nd of January, or maybe came here at some point this year, and before that, they weren't even in a church. Okay, and there's a varying degree of that, and all of this was a spiritual wilderness, really, wasn't it? Okay, every single bit of that. And what should it have done? It should have humbled us. It should have proved us, shouldn't it? It should have, you know, were you still trying to keep the commandments in that time? Were you still trying to keep that, the commandments? Still trying to serve him? Were you still trying to serve God? Or did you just almost give up without a church? Because you get to know what's in your heart then. And also you get to know how much you rely on a, on a good church then. Now verse 3 says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. What a great verse. But who here was hungry for the word of God when they're in that spiritual wilderness? I know I was. 
hungry for the word of God. And I'm not just talking about the King James. In some of those churches, some people were hungry for just the word of God. But for the word of God to be preached properly, Amen. for them to not just, just pick that hobby horse Zionist and pre-trib and love, love or whatever else, but to actually preach and to hear the word of God preach in its entirety. Yeah. And look, some of us were getting fed over YouTube, weren't we? Okay, some of us were getting fed over YouTube, but how frustrating to then go on a Sunday if you want to be part of a, part of a church and have to sit through false doctrine week in, week out. How frustrating was that? And we need to be reminded of that, don't we? Where we were before, what it was like before, before we, we on the 2nd of January, this started. Okay, verse 4, thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. He still provided for us though, didn't he? Kept us going through those tough times. Everyone here, he kept you going. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth, chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. And that's another thing we need to remember. To push on, to go forward, to live for God, you need to remember the chastening of God. Okay, and you need to get that, and I've, I've preached on this before, and I'm not saying that every time you go through hard times, of course it's not. Okay, look, look, we, we will suffer tribulation, we will go through persecution, we will have hard times, we will have the trials of life. But you need to assess whether or not you're being chastised as well. And in those times, I'm sure all of us were getting chastised at times. Yeah, yeah and I can look back at no times when I was getting chastised by God. And hopefully everyone else can as well, because... Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Because look, if your child forgets that a certain behaviour results in a whooping, he's more likely to carry on with that behaviour, isn't he? Yeah. Okay? That he needs to know that it's a chastening. And we need to be aware and recognise when it is a chastening. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget that God punishes. Some of us could do with remembering that. Because I think there's a certain protection that comes from being as part of a church. Okay, don't forget that God punishes. And one way he does that is through church discipline, doesn't he? Okay, and none of those churches, I can't think of any church I went to before which actually believed and followed through what the Bible says about church discipline. Okay, and church discipline isn't right, we just pick and choose who we don't like and kick them out. No, there's, there's ways of doing things. But one way God chastises us as Christians in the church is through church discipline. If you're kicked out for 1 Corinthians 5's fornication, covetousness, idolatry, railing, drunkenness, extortion, which by the way includes blagging food and money off people like in 2 Thessalonians 3, or Romans 16's causing division, the Bible says that it's delivering such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Okay, it's not, oh well, just a bit of time off, you know, I'm just going to sit there and, and watch on YouTube for a little bit until everyone's forgotten and I can come back and so say I repent. You're going to get whooping, okay? You get kicked out. If you, anyone here ends up having to get kicked out of church, you're going to get whooped. Okay, you're going to be back in that spiritual wilderness. You're going to be back in that hard time where you didn't have a church, where you weren't living properly for God. And it's going to be worse than that, isn't it? Okay, because it's for the destruction of the flesh. Don't forget that chastisement. Don't forget the spiritual wilderness because you're out of the protection of the church. I preached on this before. If everyone here was just getting chastised fully and properly, it would affect the whole church. And the church does give that certain amount of protection, I believe. But once you're kicked out, you're delivered for the destruction of the flesh. So that's something to bear in mind, is it? When we're looking to press forward to, to live for God, is to just be aware. Don't forget God's chastisement. And, and look, that is where many people have been before this church. Out, out, kind of out of God's will to some degree, haven't they? Verse 6, Therefore, therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Therefore, Looking back, remembering these things should help us achieve our goals, shouldn't it? Remembering where we're at. 
And hopefully everyone's goals here are to keep his commandments. Okay? Walking in his ways and fearing him should be all of our goals, shouldn't they? Okay, and there are ways and different ways, like I said before, the different angles that some of us are going to fail and need to, to, to drive and strive towards. But we should be looking, and if, you get, if you're the sort that looks at New Year's resolutions, you should be looking at how can I live more for God? How can I sort this part out? How can I sort that part out? Verse 7, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. And look, I know that could be a picture as well, the promised land, a picture of heaven to some degree as well, but that's where I see us now though. Okay, if you look at that, if we want to compare it to us as a church, on this day of the year last year, like I said, Saturday the 2nd of January, 2021, we had our first Saturday service here. And no, we weren't Seventh-day Adventists, if anyone here is wondering if we suddenly changed. No, we had a Saturday service because we weren't a church yet and because we believed in doing things properly. So we met up on a Saturday to start perfecting, getting the service right, Pastor Thompson to listen to the preaching, for us to try and organise the music, everything else, and for everyone to start getting used to it, to see how that went. We started doing Saturday services whilst we were still going, to, going on a Sunday. Now, look, if there had been no church in the land, then we would have done a Sunday. But we didn't have a... Ch well, there were churches. There were still, we believe, I still believe there are a few churches around the country which have the gospel right, which allow for some soul, and which use the King James Bible. I think they probably haven't had their candlestick removed yet. So for me, and, and Pastor Thompson, we, we both talked about this. It was important that people were still able to go to church. So we started on a Saturday, and for about six weeks... We were doing a Saturday service. We were going out soul winning. Then on a Sunday, we were going to church as well. And, and for a lot of people here who started at the beginning, that was pretty hectic. That was quite a big, hectic schedule. Now, before that, before that time, before that happened, most people here could only dream of having what we call an NIFB church here, okay, in this country, in Europe, okay? There was no such thing. Okay, most people could only dream and we, you know, we'd all got to the point where I'd kind of done my church searching for many years and was just praying that maybe someone would pop up who maybe or some pastor somewhere would actually change his view on some very important for me doctrines. But it wasn't happening. So we were just putting up with things and we were just dreaming of that and just hoping, wow, we, you know, one day, you never know, one day. And the only way I saw it happening, and some of you know this, is I thought the only way I could see that happening was to basically go out to the US, join a church, yeah try and go for as long as a visa would take me, try and get an extension, maybe do a bit of, you know, going over the border and seeing if I could last longer, take my family out there and, and try my best to get to a point where a pastor might send us back to, to plant a satellite church for him. And that, that was the only way I could see. And, and I didn't really see this happening, okay? And, and that, for me, was probably the only way it was going to happen. But God had better plans, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, God had better plans. And while I wasn't able, because I was thinking, okay, this is a plan. I basically shut down my business. I knew that's what I was going to do. I was just waiting to be able to go out to the US. Uh, and then in stepped Pastor Thompson. And Pastor Thompson got in contact. And, and I think the rest is pretty much history. But for those of you that don't know, basically, he started, we started talking. And he said, would I be interested in leading a satellite church for him? And, and, and the more we got to know each other, we were over the phone and trying to work out things and talk about how this would work, etc. Then eventually... 14th of February 2021, we had our first church service. Now, what a day that was, okay? What a day that should have been for everyone here, for everyone, even for people that weren't there at the time. That, that was a monumental day, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, that yeah. was a monumental day for, for this country, a monumental day for everyone here, not just for myself, yeah, not just for my yeah. family. Look, it was a monumental day for everyone. We yeah. finally had that church. And I know some people would have dreamed that, no, well, maybe if only Pastor Anderson or, you know, fill in the blank pastor, whoever had come here and plant the church. But no, look, we had a church. Isn't it about the church? Yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted a church, didn't we? And we got a church. Okay, and that's what we've got. Now, you might be sitting here saying, well, Brother Ian, are you saying that this is a perfect church? Are you saying that, you know, this is a promised land of churches? No, I'm not. I'm saying don't forget the wilderness. Yeah? yeah. I'm saying don't forget where you came from. Yeah. Don't forget where you came from, where you were a year ago. Yeah. Some of you even more recently than that. Some of you that are joined more recently. Where were you before this? Where were you two years ago? Some of you three years ago were nowhere. So, and, and look, don't forget that when you sit in this church. Don't forget where you came from, Amen. okay? Because we have a church, we have a proper church here. And we didn't even see that happening, did we? Yeah. Anyone here think, oh, in 20, 2021, we'll have a church? Anyone? No way. No way. Look, yeah, the brooks of water, as we see here in Deuteronomy 8, they aren't always a perfect temperature. The grapes, figs and pomegranates are sometimes too sweet. Sometimes they're too sour, maybe, for some of you. The oil, the oil, oil, olive, or olive oil, as we like to call it, maybe it's a bit too mechanically pressed. Maybe the honey isn't always high SPF manuka. Yeah, maybe it's not quite to your liking. It's not, it's not exactly what you want. But don't forget, dead as a dodo Baptist. Have you forgotten what it was like in those Baptist churches, anyone? I hope you haven't. Don't forget, repent of your sins, Baptist. What it was like sitting through those sermons, waiting, waiting for him just to say it. So you had a reason to go, okay, now I know for sure. Don't, don't forget that they're just openly false churches some people have been involved in. Don't forget where you've been. I don't care how, how you know, beautiful those church buildings were. I don't care how many mother baby rooms or you know, how, how great the tea and coffee, what sort of array of biscuits. I don't care about any of that. Because that's not what is, it's not what is important, is it? Don't forget the wilderness. Don't forget where you were. A church, a church that preaches the truth about Zionism we now have. Yeah? A church that, that, that preaches that the pre-tribulation rapture is a fraud. Because it is a fraud. And the rest of the dispensational lies out there. Yeah? We're not preaching any of that rubbish here, are we? How painful is it sitting through those sermons, hearing that? Week in, week out. Goodness. A church that doesn't wrestle your kids off you to take them down into whatever basement room or whatever it is and makes you feel guilty for wanting to have your child nearby you to go and then get them painting pictures of cross-dressers. <laughs> or to go and teach them who knows what. What are they even teaching them down there? Right. You don't know because you're not allowed in there. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. Verse 10, we're now as eaten and art full. And thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. That's what we should be doing, shouldn't we? We should, everyone here should be thanking the Lord. Not for me, no. Not for, oh, whoever it is here. Not for whatever job you think's done well here. No, thank you the Lord for giving us a church. Amen. Yeah? Don't forget where you came from. Thank you the Lord that we're not still in the wilderness. Why? Beware, verse 11, that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. 
lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Because it's God's doing that we have this church, isn't it? Yeah. Is it not? God gave us a pastor which had been in exactly the same position as us. God gave us a pastor that was stuck in the northwest with no good churches around. They were meeting up, they were sold in exactly like the people that originally started this church were doing. Okay? God gave us a pastor that had been there, that had done it, that had gone through some of look, look, there, there are you know, there are pros and cons of, of different ways churches start. And of course, going out and just being sent out by a church with no one or anything is tough. And that could be tough preaching, I'm sure, to just one or two people, your family. And then one of those leaves and it feels, you know, you're going through those peaks and troughs and wondering, is this really going to work out? But there are also challenges to just becoming suddenly a leader of a group, yeah. a group where you, where you weren't their leader and doing those sorts of things and everyone's suddenly having to fall into church for not being that. And my pastor's been, been through that. There's a challenge to just being a group with no church. And he went through that. And he's seen that, he's experienced it, he's gone through the trials and the hard parts of that. He's gone through the church splits. He's gone through the people leaving. He, he, he's, he's aware of how it all works when these things happen. Okay, and look, praise God, he gave us, he gave us that pastor, didn't he? God gave us a church building out of nowhere. God gave us this church building. What a blessing that was, wasn't it? Absolutely amazing. And look, yeah, okay, we, we could all find fault in the church building, but to start, to just start with a group of soul winners, to just suddenly have a, a, a church building, yeah. absolutely amazing, okay? Uh, it was a miracle, an absolute miracle. Like, God gave us this, okay? If any of you are sitting there going, well, I don't know, is it really God? God gave us this, okay? If you can't see that, then, then you might as well leave now because, look, God gave us this. God gave us a church building out of nowhere, God gave me and my family the ability to somehow lead this church. Yeah. I've, never, I've, I've never done that before. I had basically six weeks of training whilst leading a, a Saturday church, basically. God gave me the ability to do that. God gave pa Pastor Thompson the ability to help me do that. And he gave me and my family as well. My family are an integral part of this, the ability to do this. Yeah. Okay, and look, we, we, you know, it wasn't because we were these great people. That, no, just God just, just helped us do it. Okay, he's helped us every step of the way. God gave us the exceptions, didn't he, in the pandemic rules? God yeah. gave, because look, while, while the rest of Europe was just shutting down, while churches were closing, and while no one was going out and doing anything, there were just happened to be these little, you know, small prints in the pandemic laws saying, well, actually, you can have church. You just shouldn't have church. Well, well you just shouldn't go out, but if you're doing something voluntary and it's charitable, you can go out and soul win, basically. I mean, amazing, wasn't it? Look, God blessed us every step of the way with this. Yes. Okay, it's been absolutely amazing. And yeah, we've had our challenges. We've had, you know, we've had issues. We've had problem people, as we know. We've had problems, you know. We've just had a reminder of it this morning. If anyone's seen the car park, we've got our usual little thorn in the side there, dumping rubbish in the car park. But look, we're going to get that, and that's just going to strengthen us. But what we do have is we have a blessing here. We're, God has given us all of this. Don't forget that God is also building our church. Okay, God is building our church. It's gone from however many people there were at the beginning to now people in and out. I mean, we're, we're well over 70 plus that have come in and out. Uh, and that's a lot more than what we started with. God is building our church. This is of God. Okay. Amen.
Don't forget that. Don't forget everything that happened this past year. Because it's easy to forget, isn't it? Don't forget the wilderness. Because I hope, I really hope that your New Year's resolutions, anyone that does that sort of thing, and, and if you don't, maybe start doing that centre around this church. Okay? I hope they do centre around this church and what happens from this church. I'm not saying, well, you can't have anything that's just completely personal, but, but I hope that there's going to be something, maybe multiple things that are centred around the improvement of this church, being a better church member, etc., I spoke, I spoke about some of our church's goals back at the end of September, if you remember. I think the sun was uh, moving forward. I think let's keep, move, let's keep pressing forward. Let's keep moving forward. Okay, after Pastor Thompson had been, when I felt things might go a little bit flat now, he'd been here for a couple of weeks. The short-term ones were a new church building. Okay, we still need prayers about that. Plenty of willing workers when that happens. Okay, and, and by the way, that's workers, not a load of chiefs and no Indians. Okay, I don't need a load of people standing there pointing and telling me how things should be done and how they would do it and how they want it done. No, we need workers, people that are just willing to submit and do as they're asked to do. Midweek services, we're going to get as soon as we have a church, a new church building. And we need people to turn up to those because then it might be what I was just talking about, that new church type feeling where suddenly you're <laughs> preaching to less and less people. And that can be pretty tough, not just for me, but for the people there and for the whole church. That means turning up, making it work, making it happen somehow. Yeah, however you can, if it means losing some money from the extra shift or whatever it is, make it work. A thousand salvations. That was our target, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we got close. Okay, and look, we're, we're, we're still going for a thousand salvations, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, we're still going for a thousand salvations. And what a great number that'll be, a thousand salvations. Still going for that. And like we said, we're going to, going to go for 1,200 this next year. New believer baptisms. Okay, encouraging new believers. When you get people saved, don't forget to encourage them to get. I forget sometimes. You start talking about other things, talking about trying to get to church and when maybe when they're a bit far from there, checking us out and when we move and blah, blah, blah. Make sure you read your Bible, but we want to get baptised, don't we? Yeah. yeah, encouraging people, trying to, you know, you know, in a way almost pleading with them, look, come and get baptised. That's what God wants you to do. Live for God. Be in his will. Discipleship. Okay, that was one of our, one of our goals as well, discipleship. Now, look, we are getting people in here and people and God builds a church. But for us to be able to disciple people in this church, we need to be, like I said before, a welcoming environment. We need to be, Amen. we don't need, want to come across cliquey. We don't want all those issues and problems and people trying to lift up themselves and everything else. For people to be able to come in and be welcomed and not end up having a negative experience, whether or not they feel it or not. We don't want this sort of, you know, well, you, you be friends with me and not with that one. We just want to be a nice, welcoming, healthy church, don't we, for that? Amen. Discipleship. Long-term goals were growing into a real presence in this wicked nation, okay? Don't want to grow into a real presence in this wicked nation where we, we're going to have a new church building. We're going to, we want to fill that church building. We want to be here and making a real difference. We want to be... Amen. Having an army of soul winners, I said, to hit towns and cities around this country. I want to start doing that soon. I want to get this church building done and I want to start doing soul winning trips around different cities, around rough, poor areas, receptive areas in this nation, going out and just getting a big old church team, get some, you know, even if it means getting in some mini buses and going out and going and, and getting some, some people saved, not only there, but around Europe as well. If, if we can, if the laws allow us and... Um, Planting churches in strategic positions in the UK would be good as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we've got the one church here. It'd be good eventually to have more. And, and, in, and also around Europe. 
Okay, yeah, we want to yeah. plant churches around Europe. Okay, we're, we're the start of things for me in Europe. Okay, we, and, and these are long-term goals of the church, and I believe that. I, I, want, to get, I want to get other churches in Europe going as well. And look, this church is a big deal. This church is a big deal, and it's yeah. easy to forget that when you're here week in, week out. Yeah. Okay, it's easy to forget that and to dwell on other things. But this church is already doing great things, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it just, just already, like in the, in the space of, of a year? Like, look what this church is doing already. And that's everyone here. Look what we're doing here. And look, I'm not being funny, but if you care about the lost, you're going to want this church, church to succeed, aren't you? Yeah. If you care about the lost, you want this church yeah. to succeed. Yeah. Not you to succeed. Not you to be lifted up, to become this big, to be the next pastor sent out to be. No, you want this church to succeed. This yeah. is the present. This is what's going on right now. If you care about the brethren, then you want this church to succeed, don't you? Yes. Yeah? If you care about the brethren, you care about believers in this country, you want this church to succeed. We want to reach them. We want them to want to come here, to want to get involved and to want to work for God. Keeping his commandments, it said here earlier, and his judgments and his statutes, isn't just res resisting some addiction. Okay? Getting to the gym more because your body is a temple after all. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, Yeah? And nothing wrong with those sorts of resolutions. But keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, it's being a faithful servant to. A loyal, honest, trustworthy church member. It's not forsaking the assembling. It's submitting to the authority of the church. It's praying for the church. Okay, it's having all of that in mind. Having all of that on your heart. Not just starting to get irritated and wound up and, and in a way hoping things fail a little bit. Turn to 1 Corinthians 16. This church could have an impact on the rest of Europe or it could be destroyed from within and or and without. Okay? It could have a massive impact, this church, or it could fizzle out. In 1 Corinthians 16, Paul is telling the Corinthians that he's going to spend some time at Ephesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16, 9 reads, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Amen. Does anyone not think that there is a great door and effectual open unto us here? Anyone? Put your hand up if you think that this isn't a great, this is just kind of, well, we're just making do. No? Maybe you do, but you don't want to put your hand up. Hope not. <laughs> Did Paul say, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are a couple of weird stalkers? No? For a great door and effectual is open unto me, there's this guy that doesn't like me, though. No? For a great door and effectual is open unto me, there's just this one problem church member. No. He said there are many, many adversaries. Many adversaries. And our church, I believe, has many adversaries, too. Okay, our church has many adversaries. And, and the truth is, let's just be honest here, there will be adversaries on the inside and on the outside. That's the way it goes. Okay? No, like I've said before, we're, it's not your job in the church to start rooting out who those people are. But that's the way it goes. That's the way it's always gone. That's the way it will always be. Okay? There are many, many adversaries. And they're not just following us on YouTube, trying to leave narky comments and get frustrated because they can't put a thumbs down now. <laughs> okay? Or well, they can, but no one's going to see it. 
And I haven't actually worked out how I see it yet. I think they've just stopped doing it. Maybe it doesn't seem to highlight. But anyway, if we're going to reach our goals this year, okay, then everyone here has to make sure that they don't become the adversary. They don't become the adversary. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute, are you saying that we could, we could become some child of Belial? We're already saved. What are you talking about? For those of you that, and I know everyone here, I'm sure everyone here is saved. That we could just start attacking the church from the inside? What are you talking about? Well, I'm saying that everyone here can easily get manipulated into being a problem in the church. Yeah. Every yeah. single person here could easily get manipulated into being an adversary within. Yes. Okay? Whether it's manipulation from the outside or from the inside. Whether it's spiritual or actually full-blown reprobates manipulating you. That's the way it goes. Okay, that's what happens in a New Testament church, in a proper New Testament church. No, it doesn't happen at Repent of Your Sins Baptist. No, it doesn't happen at, at the rest of the false churches. Okay, yeah, you'll get some weirdos in there, of course, it's going to be full of devils anyway. Okay, but then there's nothing to destroy there. But here, the devil wants to destroy this. How do you resist it? Don't forget where you came from. Amen. Yeah, start with that. Don't forget where you came from. Because that's how they want you. They want you to get angry, get frustrated, get annoyed, start finding fault in the church, in the leadership, in other people from the church, in the past, whatever it is. That's what they want. That's what they, they want, division. Okay, we don't want that, do we here? No. Don't forget it. Every time the subtle slander starts, every time the joking insults about the church, the leadership, other church members, don't forget the wilderness. Because really, that can get out of control and it gets to the point where the church ends up destroying. Yeah. We have factions leaving or, or trying to gather up issues, problems. You get people rowing. You get... That's how a church gets destroyed. That's how the work of God gets destroyed. Don't forget that it was God that provided this church. Amen. You become a problem in this church. Who are you going against, really? It's not me. It's God. You're, become, you're going against God. You really want to go against God? No. no. When the future division causes try to enrol you, don't forget the wilderness. Mm. Don't forget where you came from. Okay? Because they will try and enrol you. When the flesh starts to find problems and annoyances to justify not going to church, because that's what the flesh does. Yeah. Yeah. Starts to find issues, starts to find problems, Starts to get annoyed, annoyed at certain things. I'm going to have habits of things I say or someone else in the church or whoever else then preach other things or someone's preaching that. I prefer someone else or whatever. Look, it, the flesh wants to not go to church. The flesh wants to find a problem. The flesh wants to find an excuse. The, that, that's what happens. And look, when your own sin gives the devil a backdoor in or devils, then you've become an adversary. When your own problem, your own flesh, your own reasons, issues, envies, whatever it is, has become a problem, then you're basically becoming an adversary in the church, aren't you? Yeah. You're at least welcoming in adversaries. Don't forget it. Don't forget the wilderness. Don't forget that God provided this church. Don't be that adversary. Don't be that adversary. Don't, don't get sucked into being that adversary because there'll be so many ways that it can happen. And look, we're one year on now at this church, okay? We're one year on. And if you're still sitting here in a year's time now, and you're still thinking, well, I prefer it to be, I don't like the way he does this, I don't like it. Look, you're probably better off not here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Truthfully, yeah. if like this is kind of crunch time now. You're a year on. You know how I preach now. Okay, you know how I run things. You know how things are going to go. You know how Pastor Thompson's asked me to do things. You know how I want to do things with what, what leeway he gives me as well, okay? That's the way the church is. So if you're still here with an axe to grind, still bitter, still got a problem with, with either me, my family, or someone else in the church, or whatever it is, then, then you're getting to a point now where, right, you're year on. You should have got used to it. Yeah, everyone's had some time to get used to the fact that we are now a church, okay? Yeah. You've got to get used to the fact that I'm now leading you. You've got to get used to the fact that we are part of Shaw Foundation Baptist Church, not Faithful Word, not, not Verity Baptist Church, not, you know, not First Works Baptist Church, whatever. Getting used to the fact that this is what we do, this is how things go, that you're not running the show. Getting used to the fact that it's not your, your church that you decide and that you're the ones to, 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 to make the, the decisions. You, you've had a year. And those of you that are newer here, okay, you might not have had a year, but look, we're a year on now, okay? And if you come to this church, you're involved in this church, then you have to understand that now. And, you, and if you're still not there after a year, I say you'll never get there, yeah. okay? You're never going to get there. Right. And look, if you can't get there, then you're, you're better to go than, not be, than to be an anniversary because you're, because you're standing up against God, okay? If you're that person, if you're that person sitting here thinking that, and I hope no one is, I really hope, because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not just trigger happy to just want to get people to leave. I don't want that. But I want people to just respond and be like, right, we're a church now. Okay, this is our church. We want to be the best possible faithful servant we can be in this church starting this year. Okay, that's what we want. Don't forget the wilderness. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you're at. And if you're looking back, oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. Honestly, I'll, I'll open the door for you. If you honestly look back at those churches and go, well, I was actually happier then, then this, this isn't the church for you. Right. It doesn't have to be. And if you decide, well, actually, I've got a church that I think is, or I actually think that meeting at home and doing a Bible study with a few of us where we're like, we can play church and, you know, and we can just lead ourselves. If that's what you want to do, go and do it. No one's stopping you. If, if you really want that, if you really find it hard, you're like, oh, I just can't. I just go. OK, I'm, look, I will, I will, no one here will stop you. I won't preach against you or anything else unless you start trying to drag church members out. OK, anyone starts to try and do that, then I'm going to preach on you. Okay, now turn to Psalm 106. Because like I said, this is a theme in the Bible when God's people forget the past, forget where they're at, and bad things happen. Bad things happen. Psalm 106, and from verse 10. Bit of a reminder here before that of things that happened. And he saved them. Psalm 106 verse 10. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words. They sang his praise. So things are looking good at this point, aren't they? Verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. How did it start? They forgot, they forgot his works, forgot what he had done for them. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. Now Dathan and Abiram with Korah were the reprobates. They go straight to hell. Okay, they go straight to hell, but the, and two right too. But the rest of the people were manipulated into becoming a problem, if you know the story. 
The rest of them, it wasn't just, oh, well, they were just a problem. No, the rest of the people became a problem. Why? Look at verse 18. And a fire was kindled in the company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude. Uh, sorry, the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their saviour, which had done great things in Egypt. Because they forgot where they came from. They forgot the things God had done. They quickly just started to just get soaked up in their own issues, their own envyings, their own murmurings, because that's what it is. The whole people murmur, if you look back at numbers there. God's done great things here. He has done great things in this church. Let's not forget that as this year goes on. Because as it goes further and further, you're going to start forgetting that. And again, the little petty issues, the problems. And some of those, like I said, will be manipulated. You'll be manipulated into that. And, and that can be from, from forces outside and forces inside, like I said. Don't let it happen. Back to Deuteronomy 8. And that's just one of many. Yeah? That is a theme throughout the Bible. Just constantly telling us <laughs> to look back to be able to go forward. Look back to go forward. And... and that's talking about the church here. Look at, uh, sorry, I'm talking about the church here. Back to Deuteronomy 8 and verse 14 again. Said, then thine heart be lifted up. Now forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So we've talked about not forgetting where we were before this church, yeah? That's what obviously I've just been speaking about for the last, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes now. But let's not also forget you know, our own, our own individual goals, yeah? We still have some individual goals, and like I said, I hope those individual goals should benefit the church. Yes. To realise our goals as a church this year, that's what we've talked about, but now let's talk about realising our goals individually. And to do that, let's not forget where we all were before we got saved, yeah? Don't forget where you were before you got saved. That bringing forth here out of the land of Egypt, Deuteronomy 8.14, out of the house of bondage is a picture of salvation. Yeah. Out of the world, out of the bondage of sin. Turn to Numbers 11. Because there's a temptation to look back with rose-tinted glasses, isn't there? That easier life when you weren't having to go to church every Sunday. That fun you had when you weren't trying to get sin out of your life. Numbers 11 and verse 1. And when the people complained, Numbers 11, 1, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses and, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Taberah because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Egypt, where the bondage was so hard that they were crying out, yeah? No, they were remembering the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and the garlic. But, but now our soul is dried away, there is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed and the colour thereof as the colour of delium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it and the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Free manna, the bread of heaven, like free salvation, isn't it? Yeah, that free salvation that you literally just have to take it. It's as easy as just gathering it up, just taking it off the ground. That's as easy as it is getting saved, isn't it? Okay, what an amazing gift that is. Yet they're quickly craving their old lives, aren't they? 
before entering, sorry, look, uh, here they, they're, sorry, they're craving their old lives, aren't they? Like we can crave the world, can't we? We can all crave the world. And, and, and many people here will, will sometimes even crave the sin that does so easily beset us. Yeah, don't we? Sometimes you look back and, or look, you know, think about those things you used to enjoy, those sinful times, those sinful moments, whatever those sins are. And look, in Deuteronomy alone, before entering the promised land, before going forward, God reminds them again and again and again, don't forget that you're in Egypt, that you're a bomb man in Egypt. Okay, you don't have to turn, I'm going to read a few of these, just to, just to make this point. Deuteronomy 5, 6. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Deuteronomy 6, 12. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Deuteronomy 15, 15. And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee, therefore I command thee this thing today. Deuteronomy 16, 12. And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in Egypt, and thou shalt observe and do these statutes. Deuteronomy 24, 18, And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. And Deuteronomy 24, 22, And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. God's saying, don't forget where you were. Yeah. Don't forget where you were before you got saved. Yeah. Don't forget where you were at before you got saved. In 2022, he's saying, don't forget being a slave to the drinking. Don't forget being a slave to the drugs, the fornication, the covetousness, the false religion, whatever it is. Don't forget being a slave to those. Don't forget where you came from. And don't forget that you were destined for hell. Okay, and look, sadly, some people here, I hope they're not, but some people here might still be slaves to those things. But... Look, you're safe though, aren't you? Okay? That chain ain't pulling you down to hell anymore. But it will still hinder you in life. He's saying, I bought you for, I redeemed you. I bought you with my precious blood. Now do what I tell you. Okay? And it always, it, doesn't it amaze you does, when you get people saved? You know they're saved, they believe, they put their faith in Christ and they don't want anything to do with God. How do you live like that? How do you do that? You were redeemed. You were saved. Why do people do that? But we don't want to do that. And everyone here, I hope, doesn't want to do that. That's why they're in a church in the first place. Because we, we, are we not appreciative? The fact that we received that free gift of salvation? Yeah. We don't have to do anything for it. We don't have to do anything to keep it. No. But you know what? It's nice to try and, try and thank him, to try and please him, isn't it? Amen. He redeemed you. And not only did he save us, I mean, that was one thing. He saved us. Look at verse 15 back in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 15. Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein was fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint. You've been led through the wilderness. Everyone here has been led through the wilderness. Past the false churches, the false prophets, the false Bibles, and to the Word of God. Yeah, everyone here has been led through those scorpion serpents, through the drought, the drought of no Word of God, through the drought in the preaching of anything of any substance, of anything that's going to edify you, change your life. Don't forget that. 
Don't forget what he's done. He's not only got you saved and left you to it. He's led you through. He's led you. He's led you, hasn't he? Verse 16, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to, to do thee good at thy latter end. He fed you with the King James Bible to humble you, to prove you, to do you good. Hasn't it done us good? Hasn't this book done you good? Man, it's done me some good. It's done me a load of good and it will continue doing me a load of good for the rest of my life because this, this word of God, it changes things, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? And now say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand have gotten me this world. Without God, we would all be in the gutter somewhere, whether spiritually, that's everyone, and some of you physically as well. Okay? We'd all be in some sort of spiritual and sometimes physical gutter. Okay? Don't forget that. Don't forget, not only did he save you, but what he's done for you in that time as well. Okay? Absolutely amazing, isn't it? And then when it comes to, to living for him, oh, well, oh, I don't know about that. No, but, well, church is a bit of a pain or, or going or whatever, whatever sin it is that, that I'm having a trouble with. Oh, that's a bit tough. How about use that as an inspiration? How about use that more than the fact that it's a new year, the fact that he's redeemed you and led you through the wilderness and he's fed you with the bread that you need. He's given you what you need to conquer it. Let's, let's conquer it, yeah? Verse 18, but thou shalt remember it's all about remembering the Lord, is it? The Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. And that could apply to the gods of money, popularity, any other idol that you set up in your life. Verse 20, as the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. And that's a good incentive for your New Year's resolutions, isn't it? If you fail, you will die. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> but, but, but joking aside, if you forget God, though, if you forget God, you worship and serve other gods, like it says here, he might just take you home early. He might just take you home early and, and you've got to live with that for eternity. Okay, that you, you failed. You didn't, you didn't want to live for God. You didn't want to do it for God. You, you, you wanted to do it for yourself. You wanted to cause problems, whether it be in the church or you wanted, you, you can't, oh, that's sin. Oh, it's not that bad. I don't, look, do what you can. Do what you can for God. Well, you've got this short time here now. Okay, part of that can start with resolutions, can't it? Get, get the sin out of your life. And part of that includes living for God and being a good church member as well. And it goes hand in hand, doesn't Amen. it? It goes hand in hand. So what's the answer? How do you do that? How do you go forward? How do you achieve your God-honouring goals? Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what it was like being unsaved. Because we quickly forget, don't we? What it was like being that unsaved, just not knowing really, deep down knowing, deep, deep down, I think you probably know, don't you, that you're wicked. You know you're going to get punished. You know that, that you're destined for hell. Some people maybe are more aware of that than others. And, and don't forget that. Don't forget that you've been saved. You've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You've been saved and nothing can change that. You have eternal life. You have eternal life. And, and Look, if you have eternal life, you've got an eternity to, to enjoy the rewards you can earn in this little bit of life here. Eh? Let's earn some rewards while we're here. 
Don't forget that God owns you. God owns you. He redeemed you. He bought you. He owns you. God owns you. Don't forget that. Yeah? Don't forget that God started this church. Yeah, if you want to stand against God, good luck to you. Good luck to you. But not for me. Don't forget all that God's done for you. Everything he's done for you in those years since you've been saved. Some of you, it might be less, less, maybe it's a short amount of time. Okay, don't forget everything God's done for you in that time as well. And he's, he's done some stuff for us, isn't he? And don't forget that we have a church. You know, look, we are the envy of Europe. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay, look, these, I've, I've been speaking to a few more, more recently. In fact, one out of the blue this morning. And look, these guys would love to have something like this. Don't take it for granted. Okay, they would love to have something like this. And, and I want to do my best to, to one day give them something like this. Like I want to, I want to, where there's groups of soul winners, I want to be able to do the same thing for them. Okay, as long as it's going to work there. But look, look, don't take it for granted what we have here. Okay, don't take it for granted. Don't forget the wilderness. Don't forget where you came from. Psalm 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. That says it all, doesn't it? Don't forget where you came from. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you. Thank you for this church. I thank you for all you've done for, for me and my life, for everyone here in their lives, for us with this church, for, for everyone here that's saved, that 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 you saved us, that you gave us that, that, that ability to get saved, that we could never have done it on our own, we could never have done it ourselves, that you gave us a free gift of salvation. I thank you for that. Not of works, lest any man should boast, but it was... It was a free gift. It was by, by grace we were saved. And we thank you for that. I, I pray that if there's anyone here that, that doesn't know that, you know, if they died right now, that they'd be going straight directly to heaven. I, I pray that you'll help them to, to, to know the truth, to want to talk to someone, um, to, to be explained how, how, how easy it is to get saved, that it's not, not some process. It's not some ongoing works. It's not anything of their own their own strength it's all of what you did for us and I, I thank you for that father and i thank you that 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 we're that we have this church we have this church building i pray that you help us to to all be the best church members we can including myself here um i pray that you just help us to serve you you help us to to resist the temptation to to be a problem to cause problems to cause division just help us to to be a solid unified church and um, and all, all just just striving to, to serve you in the best way we possibly can. And I pray that you help us do that. Starting today, going out and preaching the gospel, help us to reach that target of, the, of a thousand salvations and then go on and get many, many more over the, over the coming years. In Jesus' name we pray all of this. Amen. Amen. Amen.